we'll hear from Felicia Mulkey. She had a chat with J-Mo. This was actually shortly after Acrobatics and Tumbling um, got D1 recognition, got NCAA recognition, which was a big deal for them, and, and she breaks that down. Also, David Kay and Emily Kay, they talk about David's incredible decision to uh, give a kidney to one of his friends, Kevin Barrera, who used to work in media, used to uh, cover recruiting at Baylor, and um, I don't think he still does that, but he's very closely um, linked with the Baylor program, and David made an incredible sacrifice to help him out. So we'll hear that interview in this hour as well. And hey, everybody, it's opening day. It's opening day for the Texas Rangers, the Houston Astros. A couple games last night, uh, Yankees played the Nationals, and that game got <laughs> not delayed, I guess. The rain started in the fifth inning. They did get an official game in, but sort of an anticlimactic start to the MLB season as the Yankees took down the Nats 5-1. to Man, that Yankees lineup. Giancarlo Stanton went yard in the first inning. They touched up Max Scherzer. And we all saw what Max Scherzer and that Nationals pitching staff did at the end of the season last year. Um, they're a force. They won 4-1. to one. They only played six innings, though. And the Dodgers looked very good last night as well. They went 8-1 to one over San Francisco. Clayton Kershaw was set to get the start, but he ended up uh, having a back stiffness. So he did not go on the mound last night. Dustin May got the start for L.A. And uh, Mookie Betts made his first appearance in a Dodgers uniform, only had one hit. He got that huge contract extension after the offseason trade. It's been such a weird year for baseball. That Mookie Betts trade feels like it was about six years ago, uh, but that happened right before the season was supposed to start. And then, of course, everything happened with COVID-19 and, and slowed things down. But we finally have baseball back. We've seen some spring training games, and now we get the real thing. Tonight, the Rangers play the Rockies, and Lance Lynn is going to be on the hill for Texas, Globe Life Park will open in front of no fans. There will be some cardboard cutouts in the stands, but no live and real fans in the stadium. And, uh, yeah, they'll face off the Colorado Rockies tonight. But in this hour, typically JMO talks all things Baylor. So one Baylor note that I wanted to get to before we got into some interviews later on the show was yesterday on the Matt Mosley show, Bruce Feldman hopped on. And Bruce, he writes for The Athletic. He also, you might see his work on Fox. Um, he's part of their television broadcast. So he he does a lot of Big 12 games. And Bruce is very familiar with players across the country. He does this piece every single year. He calls it the Freaks List. And it's 50 of the most athletic players in the country. He talks to a bunch of strength and conditioning coaches, finds out, hey, who are the guys in your program that just really show out in the weight room or in, you know, speed and agility drills? And he compiles a list. So this year, no Baylor players were actually on the list. But he did say that William Bradley King, who is transferring to Baylor from Arkansas State, he's with the Bears now. He spent the last few seasons um, in Arkansas State in the Sun Belt and has been a really productive pass rusher for them. He said that he just missed the cut. So William Bradley King was just outside of the top 50. He was one of those guys that was getting some recognition. And Matt also asked him, Matt Mosley asked Bruce Feldman, what about Dave Aranda? What is his challenge this year as he transitions to being a head coach for the first time? He's with this Baylor program for the first time. How difficult is it going to be for him 
being in a new program with no spring ball, very limited off-season practice, and everything that, that went on with COVID-19. And Bruce um, answered that question here. He mentions that he thinks, you know, it's a challenge for him, obviously, but with the foundation that Matt Rule said and the staff that Dave Aranda put together, um, he's still expecting big things from the Bears. So here's Bruce, Feld- here's Bruce Feldman's answer on the Matt Mosley Show yesterday about Dave Aranda and his first season at Baylor. Well, it's definitely a challenge because you're implementing a new system and you haven't had much of an off season to implement it. So, th- you know, and I think that's any new staff, whether it's a whether it's a first time head coach or just any new staff taken over. You know, whether it's like a Nick Rolovich who's not a first time head coach, but he's new to Washington State, or Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin. They're new. I think it's really that part of it. Now, the part I think that bodes well for Baylor when it does eventually get rolling is. Uh, I think he's got a really seasoned staff in terms of, I think Ron Roberts was a terrific hire. Dave knows him well. They go way back. Ron is like the coach's coach guy. Um, you know, you mentioned George. I got to spend a ton of time around around that LSU team. And there was like a couple of guys who really kind of popped for me just seeing how they work. And I knew how much that Ed Ogeron, the head coach at LSU, leaned on George. I mean, he was a huge believer in George. And I was like, um, you know, just kind of behind the scenes, like this guy is a stud. I mean, he's – I'm not – like, I'm not surprised. Like, Mario Cristobal was looking – needed a new offensive coordinator. He, they, he interviewed and gave a serious consideration to George. Now, George had been an offensive coordinator before at the FBS level. Um, so it's not like he's like completely off the grid, but I just think he's really, really smart and he's really conscientious. And what, honestly, when people know how smart Dave is, at least in football, they know because he's got that reputation as earned. With George, I'm like, I don't think a lot of people know just how smart this guy is. People at LSU definitely know. So I think this is a, in addition to obviously Larry Fedora, who's, who's, you know, been there and done it for a long time. But I think that balance and, you know, Dennis Johnson is a guy who Ed leaned on a lot and is a really good young coach. So I think the balance between guys who have either have a lot of experience and done it for a long time or the blend of new ideas and things that he got from his guys at LSU, uh, I think that's going to be interesting to see as they, you know, it may be a rocky moment early on just because, like we said, the continuity just hasn't – they haven't had a chance to, to dig into it like a normal offseason. But, I, I, you know, I think what they got going there is a really good job. And, look, I, I think, um, you know, back-to-back good, you know, good hires by, by Mac Rhodes there. I mean, obviously it was a great hire with Rule, and I think that I like what the direction Dave is, is built off of there in a short amount of time. So he mentions just this really experienced staff that Aranda's put together. And you look down the list. I mean, Ron Roberts has been in football forever. He's been a head coach in the past. Also been a defensive coordinator for a long time. Aranda knows him very well. Larry Fedora obviously was a head coach in the past and has been an OC for years. And George Munoz is a name that keeps coming up. I mean, he is well-respected in coaching circles, and he – was a huge part of that success to hear LSU um, people tell it in, in that national title game. I and mean, we saw Joe Burrow mention him in the Heisman acceptance speech last year. Ed Orgeron was still trying to get him back 
when George was hired uh, and Joe Brady left, Ed actually said that George was a candidate for that offensive coordinator job. Now, he didn't end up, you know, going back to LSU, but that's how highly thought of and respected he was by Orgeron that if he was still there, he was going to be, um, you know, in the running for that for that position that Joe Brady left when he went and joined Matt Rule in Carolina. So it is going to be a challenge for for Dave Aranda. It's going to be a challenge for everybody that's a new coach, as as Bruce said, and not just first year head coaches, coaches in general, trying to implement a new system, trying to uh, put a new scheme together, trying to get a culture set when you're just not around the the players as much as you typically would be in an offseason. We're going to see how that plays out. It's going to be a really weird year. We hope we get as many games in as we can. As of right now, the Big 12 is still planning on playing 12 games. Pac-10 yesterday, um, it leaked out that they're going to have a 10-game schedule. The Big 10's considering, you know, a 10-11 game schedule. But as of now, Baylor's still set to play Old Miss first week in, weekend in September. And, you know, we'll see if that happens or not. But whenever they do get back on the field, I think we can trust that they're going to be well-prepared because Dave Rand has a track record, not as a head coach, but as a coordinator of doing that. And he's got really good coaches around him. And also, at least on offense especially, a lot of leadership coming back, a lot of really good skilled players coming back. Defense is more of a question mark, but you got a really good defensive mind there in Dave Aranda and, and Ron Roberts that are going to try to put something together um, that could shake up the conference. So we'll see how that plays out. This is the John Moore Show. Stephen Simcox here with you. If you're just tuning in, J-Mo is out for the next couple days. He'll be back Tuesday. Garrett Ross is taking the day as well. He'll be back Monday. When we come back, we'll hear from Felicia Mulkey, Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling Head Coach. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on Unnecessary Roughness. Thank you so much for your time, Patrick. We look forward to talking to you next week. Did you hang up on him that fast? <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> you didn't even give him a chance to say bye. I messed up. <laughs> you know Simmy's going on I'm vacation. On vacation. <laughs> I'm going to call him back right now. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> what the hell just happened, Ward? I don't know. Steven's on vacation, brother. I called him before the show See started, didn't I? <laughs> I got to call on the other line. And so if we have a guest on, I got to call on the other line. I can hang up on them, but it always makes Q really nervous. Very when, nervous. When I hang up on the other line, it usually... It the, makes a noise. It makes a noise, and the pers- the guest kind of drops out for a second, but they come back. So I think at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's 2020, and it's yeah. unacceptable that Steve doesn't know how to use call waiting. <laughs> That's the conversation that needs to be had going forward. Okay? Yes! <laughs> Unnecessary Roughness on ESPN Central Texas. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, D'Amore Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. DMRA Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. Now more than ever, we all need a strong immune system. Healthy diet along with the right supplements help support your immune system, specifically multivitamin and vitamin D. Dallas is on Cooper Clinic. 
recommends vitamins to improve the quality and quantity of its patients' lives. Use coupon code IMMUNE20 on coopercomplete.com to get 20% off any purchase. That's IMMUNE20 at coopercomplete.com for 20% off. Make Cooper part of your daily regimen and support that immune system. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank, and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. At Marineland Boating Center, we believe in families, fishing, and everyone who enjoys the peace of being on the water. That's why Marineland is home to Alumacraft, boats designed and built by generations of fishing enthusiasts for fishing enthusiasts. For over 70 years, Alumacraft has been providing durability and innovation. Whether it's time for water sports or the perfect catch, we've got an Alumacraft model to fit your style and budget. Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or visit Marineland Wake Yamaha.com. Hey Central Texas, this is Julio Castillo, owner and operator of Jack Roofing and Exteriors. Let's talk Roofing for Dummies 101. First, you want to breathe. Second, you want to seal. And third, you want to defend. Today, we're going to talk about defending your roof against nature's elements. We replace every layer of your roof properly, and that starts with going all the way down to your deck. For more information, check us out online at jacroofs.com or call us directly at 254-732-2872. Here at Jack Roofing and Exteriors, we are making customer happy one roof at a time. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, our goal is to get you back in the game. This afternoon, I didn't plan to stay at my friend's house too long. And I didn't plan to sit down, talk, and have a drink with her. I didn't plan to have a few more drinks, and... I didn't plan a sober ride back home. Don't wait until it's too late. Before you drink alcohol, make a plan for a sober ride. Drink. Drive. Go to jail. A message from TxDOT. The John Morris Show, proudly presented by Baylor University, where lights shine bright. So we are, we don't have a male counterpart. This was truly, um, from the beginning, we created it to create opportunities for women that were not already there, not to shift them, not to make it an easy, you know, Title IX thing, anything. It was really, really from um, the ground up. And that's why I'm so proud of it. It really was about creating that piece of it for them. Now, back to today's JMO Radio Show. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. 
Back with us, John Morris Show on this Thursday morning, coming off a red-letter date for the uh, for the sport of acrobatics and tumbling. You heard in the rejoin Baylor's A&T coach, Felicia Mulkey, and she joins us now. And, uh, Coach, good morning to you. Uh, good did morning, you, John. Did you get any sleep last night? <laughs> I did. I didn't sleep the night before. That's gotcha. what it was. Last night I slept pretty good. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Red-letter day for sure. Uh, your sport, you've championed uh, the cause for so well uh reached uh, emerging sport for women's sports status uh yesterday officially from the nca for division one uh just uh, just kind of tell us you know from your perspective working on that coaching a team here what that means it is huge i mean you know You've heard me rant about it since I've gotten here. Like, what? This is we're going on seven years of me right. ranting about this, John. But, right. um, you know, this has been a group a group effort with a group of people from across the country, college administrators, Baylor administrators included, you included. Everybody has really played a huge part in this. And and for us, this is we're not done. We've got a lot to do. But this was just a major hurdle. We are now an emerging sport, an official NCAA emerging sport in all three divisions. And people say, well, what does that mean? What's different? Well, because Baylor has always done it the right way and always handled it the correct way, my student-athletes can now proudly say that, but we've always been treated that way anyway. But Mm -hmm. now, across the country, this is going to grow. And that, that that stamp of legitimacy of an NCAA emerging sport will allow so many other schools to add it who have been sitting there looking at it. You know, not every school is a change agent like Baylor. Not every school is visionary who will step out in front and take the lead. So for me, we'll see, for my student athletes, I get emotional, but sure. um, it's uh, it's just such such a big day. <laughs> I know it is. I mean, and when I said when I knew that the date was coming yesterday, uh, I was thinking about you and knew how much this meant to you, you know, and means to you, Uh, you know, you're proud for your student athletes and proud for Baylor, but you know, the big picture, proud for the sport overall. Oh yeah. I mean, this is, it's going to change. I believe, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic and everything's going on and it felt good to get some good news, right? Sure. (laughs) It felt good to just celebrate something. But I think over the next two or three years, all of you guys that have already been following the sport are just going to see such a growth. Um, just across Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, um, it's still going to be that same great sport. You're just going to see so many other young women who get to take the get to take the chance to to do it because all of these schools are going to open. So that that's the biggest thing for me. I mean, it's been 12 years. I moved across the country from Georgia to Oregon 12 years ago, hmm. and so yesterday was kind of. Again, we haven't reached the peak. We've got so much more to do, but yesterday was that. You know that that huge last hurdle that 12 years ago seemed just no way we're going to get there, right? I mean, honestly, sometimes five years ago, too, (laughs) at times it was just like, oh, my gosh, we're not going to get there. So um, I'm just extremely proud and and just really grateful for, and I'm not just saying this, but for everyone at Baylor who's played a part. Nancy Post is the reason the sport's at Baylor in the first place. Yeah, Um, She played a huge role in bringing it here. And then every administrator, every person at Baylor has been so supportive. Um, even yesterday when the news came out, I got notes from all of our other head coaches. Way to go. Oh, you know, that's great. Congratulations. And that, that type, they're supporting me. They're supporting our student athletes. It's just such a special place. So I'm, I'm proud that Baylor's leading that charge. 
Felicia Mulkey, our guest, uh, coach Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling. And uh, in boiled down to its simplest terms, is this a stamp of approval from the NCAA that now will make other schools look at this and maybe consider adding it maybe more than they would have in the past? Absolutely. That's exactly what it means. I mean, there's, you know, we have a lot of schools that are in the exploratory process prior to COVID happening. Um, and then even during these last three months, we've had some Division One schools um, quietly exploring the, the opportunity to add. You know, we have a great roster size. Um, it's great for enrollment at a school if that's what your school needs. And, and so we've even, even in, in these times of uncertainty, we still have schools exploring the, the, the option to add acrobatics and tumbling. So there's been a ton that have kind of been sitting out there um, waiting on the stamp of approval. And so now I think you're going to see it see it grow coach when you looked across the landscape and budget cuts were starting to be made and we've seen uh different programs getting rid rid of athletic uh, departments did did you get nervous that this wasn't going to happen you know i i i got i got nervous that because the landscape of um just the ncaa where it is right now and so many things i mean they're working on so many important things right now and making such important decisions I was just nervous that the vote would be deferred. Mm-hmm. I was never nervous that it was not going to happen because we've done all the right things for the right reasons for 12 years, and I just believe that was going to be rewarded in the end. And uh, so when all of this started happening and I'm watching, my biggest nerve was like, oh, I hope they'll vote on it. I hope they don't table it for a year because Divisions One and Two voted it in in January, and then Division One was scheduled to vote in April but then was tabled for a little bit because of everything that was going on, right, understandably so, with COVID-19. So my biggest nerve was, oh, I just want them to vote on it because I really want to hit August the 1st um, with division, that, and that's when the effective date. I wanted to hit August the 1st with divisions two and three, all going into this together, working toward championship status, which is 40 schools. And, you know, another thing that we see with the sport, it's such a great opportunity and, and it's such a large roster size. We hope that it's a sport that will be helpful post-COVID as people are looking, you know, schools are looking to, because Title IX is not going to go away during all of this, right? So we're hoping that it could be um, hopefully a solution for some schools. And if not, the option's there. They don't have to add it, but at least the option's there. When you, you mentioned the roster size, and you know, with having your season cut short and then the NCAA offered an opportunity for seniors to come back, do you have any seniors who are going to be taking advantage of that? I do. I have one senior, Cam Bryant, who's going to come back. Um, and take advantage of that. So we're thrilled to have her back. Okay. Coach, uh, this is a huge step uh, and, again, a red-letter day. But now turn the page and what's next? You know, to get to 40 schools, to get to uh, championship status, meaning the NCAA would run mm-hmm. your championship. So, so you know, enjoy this moment. I'm not trying to get you past that. <laughs> but, but what is next? What are the next steps? Well, I told Nancy Post last night that we could we could take one night off, and Good. then I'm going to get to work today. <laughs> one so night. I've already been thinking about it. Um, but the next step is to get to 40 schools. So when you are added to the emerging sport list, the emerging sport list, I think it was 1992 that it was created, and it was created so that sports could be added to that list, and they're given 10 years okay. to get to 40 schools, okay. 40 NCAA schools. When they get to 40 schools. Um, there's a piece of legislation that goes through that will then name them championship and NCAA championship status. And like you said, that's where the NCAA, you know, handles the championship and whatnot. Um, As an emerging sport, prior to ever getting onto the list, 
we currently have 30 NCAA schools. Okay. So we have 10 years to get to 40. But if I have anything to do with it, we're going to be to 40 in a year because we only have 10 more schools to add um, to get to that. Now, it won't be immediate. There will be, you know, we have to go through a season of 40 schools competing um, in a minimum number of competitions, et cetera. There's some, some boxes to check there. But once that happens, um, then the piece of legislation will go through to a championship sport. And then you're taken off that emerging sport list. And so that is the ultimate goal. And then when we do that, then I'm going to be like, okay, what do we do next? Well, then we want to get to 100 teams. <laughs> we <laughs> right. want to just keep growing because every school that adds is 40 new opportunities for women to compete at the collegiate level that was not there 12 years ago. So um, that's the next step. I'm gonna, I, I actually have a coach's training today, so in all seriousness, I won't start today, but likely tomorrow. (laughs) Give yourself uh, two whole days (laughs) there and then start hitting it. And like you mentioned, uh, I mean, the fields are ripened to harvest. I mean, there's a lot of schools that I know you're in contact with. uh, None of this publicly being done, but privately. And uh, you have a good feeling just about the trend and the interest that's out there among other schools. Absolutely. And much of that goes to Baylor. It goes to you. Um, you know, our other Division One schools do a great job, but uh, everybody out there, you should know, John Morris has played as big of a part in building the sport as everybody else because he talks about it and understands it. So, I mean, things like this, John, just, just being able to talk about it, educate the fans, educate people. Other schools hear this. You know, Mac, Mac um, played a big role in this down the stretch and um, was able to speak on behalf and advocate on behalf of acrobatics and tumbling. That's huge. Um, all of our administrators. So all of that is going to play into play into our trend. You know, all of that people talking about it now. Um, so I, I'm excited to get back on at some point and tell you about all the new schools that are going to add. Yeah. Okay. We look forward to that. Well, you're very kind uh, to share the uh, to share the spotlight here, but it, man, it it really shines on you brightly and Janelle uh, Janelle, uh, the executive director for the NCATA. I'm I'm sure Janelle is uh, over the moon excited about this also. Absolutely. I was actually on the phone with her when you called, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, get off!" Oh, really? Good. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We. Um, are you know planning those next steps, getting ready to go, and we are. It's just kind of surreal. Um, a much many of us inside the organization were texting each other this morning. Um, a colleague of mine who coaches at Fairmont State University, who is um, who's been in it since the beginning, like me, texted me and said, "Pinch yourself, it's real." <laughs> and I was on the phone with a Quinnipiac University coach this morning, just talking about, "Oh my gosh, can you believe it?" Because we've been working on it for so long, it feels really. It's surreal to be at this point. And, again, so much work to be done. But, um, yeah, we're all just over the moon about it. Wow. That's great. Well, I'm really happy for you, for Janelle Cook, people. You know, it really is is fun to see you reach this level and then, you know, start going again to get to the next goal with uh, – and and my my, – I'm betting on you. I'm betting whatever (laughs) the goal is, you're going to help lead the charge to get there. So congratulations. Well, thank you. And, John, do I hold the uh, award for being the only person to get emotional on your show? Because I need to know if I'm the only one. Not the only one. No, no. Okay. No, I like it. (laughs) I I like that. 
I, I think well, I, I apologize. I'm just so excited. I can't even see straight. So I apologize for the emotion, but not for the passion. Please never apologize for either one of those. So, okay. So uh, very, <laughs> very uh, uh, appropriate for what, what you've been through the last few days, what you've been through the last 12 years, you know, reaching this point. So congratulations again. Really happy for you. Thanks, John. Thank you, guys. All right. Talk, talk to you soon. soon. Thanks a lot. That is Felicia Mulkey, the uh, coach of Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling. They are the five-time national champions. And when we say national champions, again, it's NCATA. Mm-hmm. That is the uh, governing body that runs the sport of acrobatics and tumbling. But now as they get to emerging sports status, then when they get to 40 schools, then the NCAA runs that cha- championship. And, you know, they would be NCAA champions. So that's another uh, benefit of right. getting to this point with the emerging sports status. And I think we're going to be able to see that. Once, I, and I don't think it's going to take long for them to get 10 schools because, I mean, they've already, like you said, they're already in the works. You know, they're having communications. So they have a, I think they have a general idea of who they can get you know, on board. So I think it'll be sooner than later than we'll see an NCAA championship brought here to Waco. And uh, I, I think now more Division One schools will look at it. Yes. You know, there's Baylor and there's Oregon, Division One, Power Five schools. Uh, but I think now that you get to this point, like she said, this is a stamp of approval from the NCAA, and I think other schools uh, might look at it a little more seriously, you know, to adding this. Yeah, I, I mean, and you could look at those two conferences as well. You'll probably see it more in the Pac-12 and the Big 12 with Good Baylor point. and Oregon leading the charge and the success that they've had, and they've sustained it. Yeah, and who was the coach at Oregon when it started? Coach Mulkey. Yes, Felicia Mulkey, and won five national championships, came here to Baylor. She has won five national championships and uh, derailed this year because of the coronavirus. (laughs) They were number one in the nation and on their way to a potential sixth straight national championship this year. Really happy for, uh, for her big news there for the sport of acrobatics and tumbling. That's John Morris with uh, Felicia Mulkey, Baylor acrobatics and tumbling coach talking about that sport, getting emerging sport status. And that's something she's worked really hard on. They'll, Try to keep building and, and get to that full NCAA status um, as soon as they can, as you heard there in that interview. Wanted to pass along some news. If you're just joining us, John's out until Tuesday. He's taking a little vacation before the fall sports start. Uh, Garrett's out today as well. He'll be back Monday. I want to pass along some news to you. This is from Kalani Brown. Um, she's currently playing for the Atlanta Dream. She is at IMG Academy in Florida, and that's where all the WNBA players are right now. They're playing in a a bubble situation similar to what the NBA is doing at Disney World. They're supposed to kick off their regular season this weekend, but Kalani said in a statement today that she tested positive for COVID-19. This is from her Twitter account. On Thursday, July 9th, I tested positive for COVID-19. Four days after arriving at IMG and while in quarantine in preparation to play this WNBA season. While I'm feeling better now, my symptoms have been challenging, ranging from headache to sore throat, chills, shivers, body aches, muscle aches, fatigue, difficulties with taste, and shortness of breath, I'm still quarantined and unfortunately will we'll be missing the start of the season as I continue to fight the virus and hopefully fully recover soon. I'm really looking forward to my first season with the Atlanta Dream and cannot wait to join my teammates on the court once my health allows me to. So, uh, yeah, prayers to Kalani Brown. She does say she's feeling better. Hopefully she can recover soon and get back on the court with her teammates. But um, tested positive for COVID-19, had some symptoms, has been in quarantine for 15 days now, so... Man, I hope she can um, break away from that soon and, and get back out there, get healthy, and be with her teammates again. Um, unfortunate news, but she does seem to be 
uh, on the up and up. So that is good. And we'll see if she can get back on the court with the Atlanta Dream later on this season. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and hear from David Kay in his interview with John Morris. This is ESPN Central Texas. I love baseball. The long wait is over. It's opening day 2020 in Major League Baseball. There's a swing and a drive that's well hit down the right field line off the bat of Frazier. That's way back, and that ball is history. Have you seen my baseball? Hi, everybody. This is Eric Nadell inviting you to join Matt Hicks, Jared Sandler, and me. Swing and a ground ball to his right. Rivera, the shortstop, stabs it on the backhand side. It's the Rangers against the Colorado Rockies at 7.05 tonight. Broadcast time, 6.30, right here on the Texas Rangers Radio Network. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? Rest assured, D'Amore Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. D'Amore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey, Central Texas, this is Julio Castillo, owner and operator of Jack Roofing and Exteriors. Let's talk Roofing for Dummies 101. First, you want to breathe. Second, you want to seal. And third, you want to defend. Today, we're going to talk about defending your roof against nature's elements. We replace every layer of your roof properly, and that starts with going all the way down to your deck. For more information, check us out online at jacroofs.com or call us directly at 254-732-2872. Here at Jack Roofing and Exteriors, we are making customers happy one roof at a time the army national guard plays a vital role in your community we're on the front lines supporting essential personnel first responders law enforcement and medical professionals delivering food supplies and medicine keeping communities safe making a difference during emergencies we're always ready always there learn more about part-time service in the army national guard at nationalguard.com Sponsored by the Texas Army National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Summer is here and so is home improvement season. It's time to get those windows replaced. Call Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. Or call 254-301-7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. My windows, they've got that brand new home 
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm your boy Q with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Brought to you by Valvoline Express Care Waco. 833 North Valley Mills Drive. Open Monday through Friday 8 to 6, Saturday 8 to 5. Robinson AD Jay Zeller joined Unnecessary Roughness with Ward Whites and me on Thursday to talk about the divide between the UIL and the ruling that McLennan County had on Tuesday. It's hard to rationalize where the divide is. Like right now, school extracurricular activities cannot function in an organized fashion on campus. If you've seen the social media, you know we have a field that's open to the public. We've got club teams, individuals working out in that same field, masks or no masks. We were on that same field every morning with masks, and and it's okay for one but not the other. So it's hard to tell our kids that they can't come into us, but they can go to a volleyball club. For the complete interview, check out our Twitter page at 1660 ESPN. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Friday. Stephen Simcox here with you, filling in for JMO today. Weaving in and out of some interviews. Don't forget, we have the Rangers back on tonight, 6.30 on ESPN Central Texas, our first live sporting event since March. I don't know exactly what day everything got shut down, but it's been a long time since we've had live sports here at the radio station, so we're excited about that. We'll continue on, best of JMO edition. Here's John Morris chatting with david k from baylor athletics all right back with us glad you're with us on this friday morning and great to see david k in person from baylor athletic communications and is this your chauffeur yes uh-huh. I, uh, Emily I, K. yes i am not permitted to drive myself <laughs> okay. yet this is really her restrictions more than the doctors <laughs> oh good so, okay yeah she brought me here today. well thanks for, for abiding by that <laughs> and thanks for getting in here uh i was telling q uh we've done a lot of zoom calls but this may be the first time we've seen each other face to face since march yeah right that's crazy i didn't think about that but i know that absolutely I, I didn't think last about time it i saw you morning. was probably at the big 12 tournament coming back from kansas city wow isn't that crazy mm-hmm. that is insane yeah now, I mean, three been, months. now there have been a lot of zoom calls yeah in there multiple zoom calls uh but it's good to see you. it's good to see both of you thanks for coming in and i kind of gave the short version of what you have done uh we want to get the details from you uh donating a, a kidney to kevin barrera first off uh, how you feeling everything okay yeah really good it's surprising how quickly you can recover from something like that um you know, still not sleeping great, but mm. that's really my only issue at this point. You know, dealing with a little bit of soreness. You know, anytime they cut into your abdomen, you're gonna have some soreness. <laughs> I would think. But uh, but 
surprising like how quickly you can bounce back from something like that. Wow. And it was uh, week, nine days ago. Yeah, last Wednesday, Wednesday last right? week. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, tell us uh, your, your motivation for doing this. Yeah, well, so Kevin's a great friend of mine. We've been friends since we were uh, juniors at Baylor. And uh, so he, he'd been dealing with some kidney issues and had type 2 diabetes and um, basically found out he was going to have to get a transplant. And, you know, it's a long wait on a donor list. I believe I've seen an average of like six to eight years. Golly. Um, and anytime you get a cadaver kidney, it's not as good as getting a, a live donor. It's not statistically as good. Okay. Um, live kidneys will last longer. They have a higher rate of acceptance. Uh, just everything lines up better if you're able to get a live donor. So... Uh, when he told us he needed one, it was like, Hey, um, you know, we had a bunch of people, a bunch of friends of his signed up. There's an online form you go through, uh, kind of a preliminary evaluation. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I thought about it before I did it. Cause I, if I was going to sign up, I wanted to be sure I was actually going to go through with it. So I did a little research and everything. And then I actually went to lunch with him one day and we sat there together and I did it on my phone. And, uh, one of the first criteria is blood type. And mm. I asked him what his was, and it was exactly what mine was. Wow. And I said, man, this is going to be it. Like, I really think that it's going to be me. And uh, so it was obviously with COVID and everything, everything got delayed. But it was a really quick process once they decided they were doing elective surgeries again. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so it was just, I mean, I had additional testing after that, ton of blood work, all kinds of things like that. But uh, it was really just pr- surprising how, how smooth it was and uh I just really want people to know that it's just not that big of a deal to go through. And, mm. and if you have an opportunity to do that for someone, like, why wouldn't you? It's just, uh, it's really cool. What'd you find out in your initial research? Mm-hmm. I mean, like Q and I were talking, I would, th- I would hope I would say, yeah, sign me up. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I would want to know maybe long-term effects, things like that. Yeah. What'd you find out initially? Yeah, you can live basically the same life you were living before if you were living a somewhat healthy lifestyle. And, uh, you know, obviously, okay, if you have two kidneys and take away one, you're at 50% kidney function. Well, what I discovered in researching and, and talking to the surgeon is your one remaining kidney ends up growing and getting stronger, and it gets up to like 80 or 85% wow. function huh. of what you had before. Okay. And you have to be down to 10% to get on dialysis. Hmm. So you've got still tons of room there. So what I have to do now is just watch my blood pressure and make sure it doesn't get out of control. Um, I've been told not to go seeking out salt, like don't add salt to foods okay. that are already salty because okay. that can, um, but that's really like, there's just not that many restrictions. I don't feel like I really have to change anything. I just mm. have to continue exercising and, uh, and try to keep my blood pressure at a, at a reasonable level. And, and that's the only real concern. Any, um, I feel like there've been some athletes that have done this and they, they were a little skittish or a little cautious about, you know, just being careful, knowing they only have the one kidney. Yeah, so that's one thing you do uh, that I forgot to mention is, you like, you, you can't play a high-impact sport. Okay. So my NFL dreams are over. Okay. Um, my hockey dreams are over. Um, but One-man one Wolfpack is One-man Wolfpack is still, still very good. much a okay. thing. Yeah, that, and I can that's play, a big question. I can play pickup basketball and everything like that. But, um, yeah, like, you, you, if you were an NFL player who did that, you, you probably would have to stop playing. Yeah. Um, just because there's too much risk that if you do damage the one remaining kidney— that's a real issue. That's awesome, though. I mean, it's just this is, a, this is a heck of a testimony right here. And we were talking about, like J-Mo said, and, and you know, I, I think it takes a lot of consideration. I'm sure you and the wife sat down and, you know, talked back and forth. But, I mean, when it's all said and done, now that you're standing here today talking about it, how good do you feel? Oh, it's, it's amazing to be able to do that for a friend. Right. I mean, I feel like if you're put in a position to be able to do that, right. you really should. Because yeah. it's literally just a couple weeks of discomfort 
and you can change your friend's life. Like, right. I mean, if, if it's someone that you really care about, it's, it's an easy decision. And it helps tremendously to have a supportive wife. I mean, she obviously really struggled with it um, just because she doesn't want to see me going through any of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think she would tell you now that she's relieved with how, how smoothly it's gone. And, uh, and she also is a friend of Kevin's and is just really, really thankful. that It really feels like we were both able to do it for him. Wow. Well, Emily's here. We're going to rope you into uh, you get to this microphone here that that uh, it had to be a joint decision by both of you. Right. I mean, David, if you had absolutely said absolutely not, you're not doing this. I'm sure he wouldn't have done it. So you had to be bought in on this also. Well, absolutely. We we love Kevin. And, you know, he's such a he's such a good guy and he's got two kids and just the thought that we could do something to help them and just to see his life continue. I mean, you know, the the risk to not having this donation for him was looking at his life being cut short. And the thought that David could go through this and that we could, we could do this, it, it really wasn't much of a decision. Of course, I, I'm going to be worried about David because I love him, but we've actually joked that this is probably going to prolong his life because he's going to take better care of himself mm. now at the, you know, after the fact. Mm. So, you know, maybe I can get him to eat a few more vegetables. But <laughs> other than that, like, yeah. I mean, I and I worried for him and, and we were worried, you know, but I'm a worrier. But my small concerns versus what Kevin and Stephanie are going through were nothing. And so we're just I'm really proud of David and, and I'm so grateful that that they matched up so that this could happen. He loves his vegetables. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've been to dinner with David on the road. He loves his vegetables. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's a potato, yeah. yeah. That's a vegetable. <laughs> well, unbelievable. Um, and uh, so cutting back on salt or watching salt, any yeah. other dietary things that they tell you to watch out for no. or just be aware of? So, I mean, we like to have a glass of wine with dinner. I was even told yesterday in my follow-up, like, we can resume doing that. Okay. I mean, okay. there's really just... Just make normal, good decisions. And they were very clear of, like, we've had dietitians throughout. The, the care has been tremendous. Uh, like, we had it at Baylor Scott and White and Temple. They were excellent. And uh, the dietitian said, hey, look, one, one crazy meal isn't going to hurt you. Hmm. It's just more of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you start adding salt to everything, yeah, you're probably going to end up with high blood pressure and you're going to end up on dialysis. That's good advice for all of us. Yeah, I mean, that's huh. really the thing. And, and it's funny, we had a little a little joke argument the other day where she was eating some goldfish and I asked, hey, can I get a handful of those? And she goes, no. She's just so worried about the salt. And I said, well, Emily, they said I just need to lead a normal, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So if I can't have them, then you probably shouldn't have ah. them either because I want you to live a healthy lifestyle. And she was like, okay, I'll stop eating goldfish. That's you know, just, funny. So, yeah. No, it's uh, that's really it. I mean, it's just I have yearly follow-ups where they're going to check my blood work, make sure everything's working well. And, and so anything that happens would pop up there. And there's really just not a lot of concerns. It's just a general health. All right. the concerns you would normally have, even if you had two kidneys. David Kay is with us. Uh, his wife, Emily Kay, and not the weather person on Fox 44, <laughs> David's wife, Emily. But uh, he donated a kidney to Kevin Barrera. And we invited Kevin to surprise you and call in, but he had an appointment or he had something at 930. Uh-huh. So he couldn't do it this morning, but he uh, he said he wanted to hear what y'all had to say. Um, he was uh, he was in desperate need of a transplant, wasn't he? I mean, yeah. it was getting it, it was, was getting down to the wire. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hate to speculate on how sure. how long he had, kind of thing, but he was doing nightly dialysis. 
and he was explaining to us kind of that whole process and it's just mind-blowing oh. i mean it takes i think nine to 12 hours something like that that you're plugged into this machine really? every single night and so is it overnight yes he had to do that he had it at his home yeah. and was able to do it overnight um but you know your kids can't come in the room at that time and it's just you have to do all the sanitation and everything it's it's a crazy process and it was one of the coolest things was when we're in the hospital we're two rooms away from each other and when i got out to walk on the first day we walked by his room and saw him and he he had color again uh, you know he had looked yeah. kind of yellow before yeah um, and just in like two days after surgery, quickly. color had returned to him and he wow. just looked so much better. And, and I'll let him tell the stories on his kidney function, but it is a true miracle how quickly his kidney function is essentially at normal levels now. Golly. And I mean, it was like off the charts bad before. Right. And he's, I mean, it's, it's basically normal. He's almost the same as mine. And I'm like, hey, you know, tap the brakes there. Okay, if you, if you move ahead of me, I'm going to have to repossess that one. That's right. <laughs> repossess. <laughs> he got the good one. Right. Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. That is great. I do have a side note question I have to ask uh-huh. you. Have you guys named the cats yet? We did name the cats. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was huge. So we got the cats three days before surgery. Right. Because we figured, why not add more drama to our sure. lives? <laughs> and uh, so our neighbor had had feeds feral cats, but he usually takes them to get fixed. Um, but he hasn't been able to do that because everything's been closed. So anyway, he ended up with some kittens. We took two of them. They're adorable. And we really wanted to find a pair name, you know, something that went mm-hmm. together. Um, they're both male, and we love uh, old music. Our, our dog's name, he came with the name Ringo, so we thought, okay, musicians. And so we went with Frank and Sammy, and we're calling them the Cat Pack. For, oh, for Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis. And Frank even has blue eyes. And oh, my gosh. It, it seems the to cat fit pack. the cat pack. That is great. But you guys so, took your time on naming, oh naming the cats. You guys did a good job on that. They didn't just rush to it. I mean, no. like, it was a few days right. at least before they had named them. We had a lot of debate and a lot of <laughs> Emily saying, I like these names. No, I like these names. No. <laughs> Emily, you're on board with those? The cat pack? No, yeah, for sure. That's a lot better. He kept trying to name them sports things, uh-huh. and I, I was like, that. I was like, sports is our entire lives. I don't want my cats named after <laughs> some athlete that I don't know as well. What, Astros? Were they Astros names? Some, there was a football person and somebody on in basket. I don't, uh-huh. sports. What were but, some that got rejected? Um, well, I threw out some Baylor basketball player names. Good. You know, like she didn't like Mamadou. Um, I love Mamadou. We thought about no. some pairs like a, she really actually liked the name Tweety. We might have been able to get Tweety there. That would have been good. But uh, I thought like Tweety and Quincy. Yeah. Um, but we just couldn't come to come to terms on an agreement on <laughs> on naming them after Baylor basketball players. Never anything wrong with naming anything Q. Just saying. Q, just there you go. That Keep out that there, in mind. You know, Quincy, Q, it would have been fine. If he, if he had thrown out Q, I would have definitely gone with There that. we go. Oh, <laughs> nice. It's a missed opportunity. Well done, Emily. Well done. Well, uh, so you and Kevin now have this uh, bond. You have, yeah. you know, I mean, I know you guys have been friends, like you said, for a long time. But you've got this bond that is just short of being, you know, biological brothers. Yeah, it's that's probably the coolest part. Yeah. And, and I think we both have kind of said that to each other in text messages through this whole thing. Is like it feels like I have another brother now, and that's really really cool. And and it's brought Emily and his wife closer together, and we just feel like we're we're all family. And you know, he's got he's got two young boys, and it's just it's so cool to think that you know, obviously he's still got a, a road ahead, and and everything's looking great right now. But you don't want to assume everything's going to continue that way but 
it looks really good and, yeah. and to think that his life could just be dramatically better is uh it's just such a testimony and and uh such a cool thing and we're just so thankful to have the opportunity to do that. I mean, it's not, it's just, to me, it's a no brainer. It was a couple of weeks of discomfort and I think everyone would do that for someone they care mm. about. Yeah. You said that earlier and I said, I don't know if everyone would do that, but, uh, but hearing your story, it's really, uh, it's uplifting. It is selfless. You know what you did, what both of you did. I mean, cause you're Emily, you're a part of this also. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what y'all did is, is just selfless. Um, it is, uh, you know, I keep the, the, thing keeps rolling through my mind greater love hath no man uh than to lay down his life for another you know and you're not you're not doing that mm-hmm. but you are being very generous with what you have to someone who needs that hand of generosity well i think when god puts you in a position to do something like that it's kind of an obligation that, that you should and and we you know we tried to have kids and and if we had kids i might have used that as a as a crutch and said hey i can't you know with and so you just kind of feel like maybe some of these steps were ordered um, yeah. where, you know, things happen for a reason and it's all part of a grand plan. And um, it's just you just try to do the best you can with with what you're dealt. And uh, I think anytime you're given the opportunity to, to really do something impactful, like it's just it's such a cool thing to get to do. And I, I really hope that more people. The whole reason I wanted to even I, I even agree to do an interview is because I want people to know it's it's just not it's scary yeah. and but if you do your research there's tons of resources online Mayo Clinic and all of those things um, and it's just not it's it's it sounds so much worse than it really is mm-hmm. and it, and I think uh, obviously there's tons of people who need donors and so if uh, if you know someone who is one of those people like jump on it go apply and and see if you're a match yeah well. That's great to share your story with that thought in mind to maybe have some others uh, think about that and think about what they can do. So we appreciate you being open to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Good to see y'all. Really good to see (laughs) y'all. Thanks very much. You home for how much longer? Yeah, well, and, you know, I've completely neglected to say how incredible Baylor Athletics has been to me um, because they've been so supportive this whole time. I've had countless coaches and and administrators reach out and checking on me on surgery day, all kind. I mean, throughout, even even yesterday, I heard from them. And uh, so they gave me FMLA leave. I didn't have to take any sick days or anything. And uh, I'm planning to resume working from home on Monday. Okay. Okay. Um, and then won't be back in the office until at least July. But that's more, that was already the plan. That's all of us. Yeah. Um, Most so, of us. So yeah, by the time we're ready to return to the office, I'll be good to go. Yeah. Uh, to return to the office, but that's kind of the. Another thing that I feel like was kind of, okay, the timing of this, yeah. you couldn't have picked a better time. I don't have, there's just not a lot of times throughout the year that I can miss two weeks of work and not really put other people in a bad spot and uh, it just worked out perfectly. It did. It really did. Well, thank you all for coming in. Thanks for sharing. Really appreciate it. Good to see you, Emily. David, thank you very much. Thanks, Jim. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back, John. Before you go, I just got a text message from my buddy Doug, and he just said, you guys have a very inspirational story on right now. So going to that testimony that you were saying that you wanted to make sure people understood, well, people understand. Thanks. I appreciate it. Very nice. Thanks, Doug. Mm -hmm. Kevin, if the roles were reversed, Kevin would have done it in a heartbeat. Mm, Like, I I just want to make sure that that's clear. Like, yeah, David's awesome, whatever. But, I mean... (laughs) Kevin Kevin is just as wonderful of a person and and we love them so much so anyway that's nice all right glad you're feeling well and doing well Kevin uh, says in a text he's feeling great so that's good news also 
Appreciate y'all coming in. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. That's John Morris with David Kay, Emily Kay, and uh, yeah, just an incredible thing their family did, giving Kevin Barrera, uh, Dave giving Kevin Barrera one of his kidneys, and I mean, you heard it there. Kevin was um, in in need, and they stepped up and, and did something about it, and no matter how many times you hear it, it's just a, a super inspiring story. Glad that both of them are doing well. We'll pray that they continue to do well um, as they both kind of work towards recovery and, and try to have a normal life as possible as david said you know for him things seem to be okay as long as he can just sort of maintain a normal healthy lifestyle as as we all should should strive to uh this has been the john morris show steven simcox here with you i've been taking you through the day jmo's out for the next couple days he'll be back on tuesday garrett ross will be back on monday and we'll have a similar show on monday where he'll take you through some best of interviews coming up 12 to 3 unnecessary roughness myself q and ward we'll have bill jones on at 12 15 talking cowboys john mcclain at 12 30 talking uh nfl and texans also at 1 30 i believe we'll have um sam skidmore ad at belton he'll talk about that bell county ruling that came down yesterday bell county is not going to start school until september 8th that'll be the earliest they can start in person learning but they're going to allow uh extracurricular activities to continue so football is going to go on as scheduled as of right now um and of course the 6a that season got pushed back, but Lake Belton, which is a new campus there, they can start on August 3rd and uh, they'll, they'll get going in their first season with a uh, Brian Cope there at the helm. And don't forget tonight, 630 Rangers pregame, Jared Sandler will be on. And then we'll have uh, Rangers Rockies, Lance Lynn on the mound tonight. He'll be opposed by Herman Marquez at uh, Globe Life Field, the opening of Globe Life Field. They'll be in front of no fans, but hey, it's still baseball. It's still live sports. We're thankful to have it. Dan Lebitard Show coming up next. This is ESPN Central Texas.